Congratulations. You're listening to Congratulations Pine Tree, the Bay's number one arts and culture podcast with me, Kate Rose. And me, Maysoon Wazwaz. Maysoon, are you ready to make a solemn promise to the listener that we're really going to stick to our Friday episode <laughs> output? Do you think we should do Fridays? Everyone's- That's what we've been doing. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yep, we're going to be sticking to the Fridays until we don't anymore. Until <laughs> we okay, stick to fant- else. Yeah, this is a loose era. Let's call this the loose era. Yeah. Maysoon has been dealing with a lot this year, and we just need to be loose. We need to be just relaxed and flexible yeah. and loose. Mm-hmm. Loose like the change in your pants. In your pant pockets. Loose change. Yes. M- k- ch- coins. Okay, I understand. Did you get it? Loose like the coins in your pants? Is that what you need to be to say? No, I thought it was like we're all changing to looser pants. <laughs> oh, that's cute. I'm into that too. It's a pandemic vibes. Okay. Yeah. May um, soon, we have to thank our listeners Yay. who have been sending us, well, all our listeners, but also our donors. Um, if you want to donate to us, go to congratulationspinetree.com and smash that donate button. Smash it. We need to have like a... <laughs> we wanna, God, I wish we could send uh, people like a physical button that they could slam on like in... Was it no whammy, no whammy, no whammy? And you got to slam it. Isn't it that one? You're on that no whammy kick. This is like our second or third mention of that. <laughs> I think, it, I think it's because of, of the button. Show. It's the button where you're just like, yes. It wasn't called no whammies. It was called... <clears throat> Press your luck. You better not be typing. Press your luck, babe. Press your luck. I don't even remember that as a name. What the fuck? I do. <laughs> you do? Because they have to press the button. They have yeah. to, like, slam the buzzer. See, we need a buzzer. Do we have a buzzer sound? Okay, Mason, let's Get focus. back on track, everybody. We want to thank God, our Kate. donors, our recurring donors, Jim Prosser and Anonymous. Yay. If I we had a buzzer, I want to thank everyone who's it. ever donated. You live forever in our hearts. And if you want to give us a call, share our, your info with us, your comments, <laughs> questions, concerns. Send us your credit card numbers. 419-351-6606. You can tweet us at Pine Tree Podcast. Twitter might be getting bought by Elon Musk. Gotta that get off that terrible. one. But it's already owned by just a whole mess of Hitlers anyway. Oh and then if you don't want to get on Twitter because it's owned by Daddy Elon, you can... <laughs> Send us an email, congratulationspinetree at gmail.com. Another fantastic corporate overlord. <laughs> okay, Maysoon, we got a listener email that we have neglected. We got it a while ago after we had um, some questions on the show about why do straight women love oh, tall men? That's right. That's what you, when you said tall men, I was thinking of it as a one word phrase. And I was like, I just don't know what that means. Tall men. Tall men. Right? What is that? Tall men. Now I understand. Please right. go ahead. So I was trying to have a cultural exchange with you because you're a straight person about <laughs> why Aww. it is that straight women love tall men. And you were not giving me I did me a terrible info. job. <laughs> and I was like, is it because of the protection factor? Okay, so this listener wanted us to, wanted to set the record straight. No pun intended. <laughs> and they said... This is something I've been thinking about lately as I've recently started dating again. Okay? Yeah. I'm a cis, mostly straight woman attracted to taller men. Can't help it. I am 5'4", and I feel like guys who are 5'7", or 5'8", are too short for my taste. Which is interesting, because that's actually a number of inches taller than you. So they are still taller, but maybe they're not tall, like big, in quotations, tall. I think 5'8", is just about average. For men? Mm-hmm. 
I think that might be on the short side for men. How tall are you, Kate? I'm, Not that you're a man. I'm, just I'm about 5'10", although I just went to the doctor and they said I was like 5'9 and 3 quarters, and that was a goddamn lie. And you're like, go I to hell. I think they're lying. That's a whole inch shorter than what I've always considered myself to be. And I think that the, I think they were behind and they were rushing and doing shoddy workmanship. <laughs> okay, wait, I want to know average okay, height. Okay, a real men. quick search said 5'6", average height. That seems crazy. There we go. I mean, that seems there we much go. shorter than I expected. So point is, this person says, when I can look them straight in the eyes, I feel like I'm looking at a student. I feel like that's kind of a weird, maybe this person's, obviously they're a teacher. This is like the people they're maybe interacting with like all the time. So I guess I could see them having that comment. But I'm also like, students are, students are people too. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of my feeling about it. Uh-huh. Wait, what? Well, just the students are people. Students are sure. people too. Just this notion that, like, if the person is the like on eye level height, that that per, that this caller thinks that they're talking to their or feels like they're talking to a student, which sort of feels like what's the big deal? I just want to say to the listeners that this person is involved in Bay Area arts and culture, and that's why this is a very relevant conversation. <laughs> um, okay, they go on to say five ten. 5'11 is great. Six feet is great. It's hard for me to pinpoint why. See, that seems It's too not tall. a protection thing. I think it makes me feel more feminine to be smaller than them. I know that sounds super heteronormative. Hotness and charisma can be equalizers. If someone was closer to my height but super hot plus super charismatic, I'd consider going out with them. But I draw the line at guys shorter than me. I don't feel bad because there's lots of women shorter than me. Again, it's just a preference that's hard to explain, like why I don't like huge beards, golf, etc. Golf? Golf? I like how golf is in there. <laughs> what does golf have to do with it? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't really have anything to do with appearance. I think we're talking about appearance right now. Maybe she doesn't like guys that are always wearing those golf pants, you yeah, know, the ones like, with the funny... Khaki situations. No, the like tartan. Oh lord! <laughs> like See, old that's tiny. actually pretty fun. Like if someone's gonna actually dress like a damn fool, like that's great. Like a eighteen hundred Scottish golfer. Yeah, although they might have a huge beard. Right, but at least they're doing something interesting. I don't know. And they might not be tall enough. I don't think Scottish people are known for being tall. Okay, I want to take back a thing I said earlier. In that it looks like according to Healthline, the average height for american men is around five foot nine inches that's what i thought five yeah. eight five nine that seems more okay more attraction is of course different than finding your mate for a long-term relationship also some people have pointed out that there's a lot of boring tall guys out there who just get by in the dating world because they're tall <laughs> okay anyway i don't know if this helps it sure doesn't help listener because you didn't really get i need to know the real freudian jungian lacanian well she did Kleinian. the listener did I say to, that they feel more feminine more if feminine. a man is taller significantly taller than them okay so straight women i want to know more about is that. this part of it like do you need to feel really feminine to feel hot like to get a, a sexually excited I'm I'm wondering this. I don't relate to <laughs> that is, at this all. This is funny. Uh, I think there are moments where feeling feminine 
And you're like, oh, look at me being so feminine and I'm feeling it's Well, I guess maybe it's not feminine as much as like where you're feeling, like you're feeling yourself, you know, where you're like, I look good. Like, I feel good. Looking in the mirror, seeing how womanly you are and then getting turned on feels gay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, dude. I can't. I really can't talk, speak to this. It's just something I haven't had enough time thinking about in any real way. Yeah, we need to interrogate this. All right, I'll, I'm. Let's ask more. Maybe we can ask some specific people. Yeah, listeners, stay stay involved with this. I know so many straight women. I really need to be doing a lot more research. <laughs> May soon. Just a couple more I mean, things. What before did we decide we really about the about it. like the queer community that like the tall thing is feels you re, you feel like it's more of a straight woman thing. Oh yeah, than anyone else. Okay, just I just well can't. no, I think I think gay people have all kinds of preferences too. Right. But I just don't think it's as ubiquitous as straight women oh. love tall men. Do we need to work on that one, too? Do we need to get everyone in on this conversation? Find out about queer height preferences? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, queer people, if you have a strong height preference, let, us, let know. us know. Or if you're very short or very tall and you feel like other queer people who hit on you are like fetishizing your height in the same style that straight women do for straight men. yeah. I would like to hear from some tall men and maybe even some short men about about this conversation. Oh, yeah. Men, also, we'd like to hear from you. <laughs> Your voices have been silenced for too long. Okay. <laughs> May soon, people need to know that SOX is having their auction. Power on! Power it is Saturday, on. April 23rd at 6 p.m. You can get tickets at SOX.org slash auction. I will say the and... tickets are quite expensive. Yeah, they're the tickets are seventy five bucks or a hundred. I think I saw, but yeah, they're very expensive. But I think one hundred and fifty for the VIP plus main event ticket. I will say that a good way only seventy five for the regular. A good way to um, go to the SoX auction um, for on the cheap is to uh, see if they need any volunteer help. Um, And so you go and you work for a few hours. Oh God, they always need volunteers. It's a huge event. They always need volunteers. I'm sure they need some more. I think last time I heard they were looking for people to help with uh, wrapping artwork, which I might sign up to do. Will you be attending, Kate? You know it. You know it. Also, look for someone who's donated work to the auction because I think they get two tickets and maybe you could hop on with someone. I was going to quickly say that they're also live streaming the auction for free. So if you really can't make it, but you want to check it out for a second, you can pop on, pop online. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay, we got a, a letter in saying that the Berkeley Art Center's upcoming photo show, All of Us, All of Us, is curated by Rula Sakely and centers on contemporary projects born of collaboration and mentorship and challenges the familiar concept of a solitary photographer addressing aesthetic, technical, or sociopolitical concerns. And that just, oh, it opens April 16th. So it's not open yet. That's opens on until Saturday. Mm-hmm. And it'll be up until June 18th. I also hear that the uh, Berkeley Art Center, I think, may be looking for um, a co-director, another co-director. People, keep your eyes and ears open Just always. Just in general. Always. Good idea. This is from Perry, your number one painter from Santa Rosa. Yay, Perry. That's right. Perry's having a show opening at Escalar on Sunday, April 10th. So it just opened 2 to 6. And you can get in there by appointment. Get up there to Santa Rosa. Is that our next road trip? How far is that, Kate? 
It's probably an hour north. Oh, my Lord. What's the problem? We're sorry we missed the opening. We've been absolutely overwhelmed with disasters. 22 has been a real shit show. I mean, 22. I can't even say the whole fucking year. 22. 22. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, 22 has been a rough ride. Rough rough and ready. No, not rough and ready. That's a whole different idea. Rough and not ready. (laughs) Rough and terrible. We also got an email from Sam. All right. Sam's excited to share that the Headland Center for the Arts. They have a whole new. Just unveiled a new yeah, look. they've got a okay. whole new look. Did you see their new look? I did. Okay. It looks Do to you not the see sen- that it landscape. spells out the word Ohio? Oh, fucking hell. Really, Kate? Wait, I got to look at it. Hold, please. Okay. <laughs> they've got a new, like, you know, shapes. Okay, that they put the words Headland Center for the Arts. And the Headlands is in a big circle. The center is in what could be interpreted as an H. Okay, it's a little bit of a stretch. But then for the are on top of each other like a lowercase i. And then Arts is in a fucking O. And it looks like it spells Ohio. And I think that there is an Ohio Headlands connection. I don't know if they still do, but they used to have residencies set aside for Ohio people. Did you know this? At Mason? the Headlands? Yeah. Oh, definitely they had some know. partnership with Ohio and you would check a little box when you would apply of whether or not you were from Ohio. I, I'm looking at their website now and I can definitely see how you would think it says Ohio. It definitely doesn't say HCA, you know? No. So it's and a little Holly bit misleading. Blake. Yeah. But Holly over there is also from Ohio. There's a deep Ohio connection deep Ohio. and I'm so glad that the Headlands is finally recognizing that through their branding <laughs> and and their graphics uh, it's yeah it looks pretty good oh i haven't actually used their their website yet and that's a different feeling so far as a celebration of this total bonded partnership between ohio and the headlands let's go ahead and play hang on sloopy the state rock song of ohio oh is it really it is Okay, we also got an email saying, this is from Nora. Nora wanted to let us know that they have a really exciting guest lecture coming up at Mills. Nora, thank you so much for sending us this event. It's the Janie Green Endowed Lecture in Art History. And people, there's still time to RSVP. This is on May 5th at the Lisser Lecture Hall. And sure enough, it looks like it's going to be a good one. The speaker is going to be Nicole R. Fleetwood, okay, who is that? the inaugural James Weldon Johnson Professor of Media, Culture, and Communication at the Steinhardt School at NYU. She's also a MacArthur Fellow, a writer, curator, and art critic whose interests are contemporary black diasporic art and visual culture, photography studies, art and public practice, performance, gender and feminist studies, Black cultural history, creative nonfiction, prison abolition, and carceral studies, and poverty studies. She's the author of Marking Time, Art in the Age of Mass Incarceration. Oh, wow. That sounds amazing. This is going to be good. We got to go to this one, May soon. What day is that? Sorry. That is May 5th. Let's go to that. That sounds great. I'm gonna, Thanks, I'm Nora. Do you think they'll be uh, loading up the ice buckets for an hour? (laughs) Nora, Nora, if you're listening to this, let me just give you a quick tip. 
please make sure those doors are closed and maybe don't have people close those doors opening get bags the of ice, ice buckets during out of the there. lecture Put because the you can really hear that soft. through the door it was like get a soft canvas <laughs> coated thing for the ice you know what just let the ice just just go ahead and pop that ice before the event starts because ice water will still cool down a beverage in fact it'll probably do it in a better than hard ice and get the tech person to show a little respect to the speaker oh yeah if there Remember are that. tech troubles really like for the speaker get on it right away don't hesitate the it's tech okay. person needs to get right it's with not God. your performance you you get in there and you help that person with all of the diligence that you possibly can you get them that you know who did working. the best tech support for a lecture that i ever saw who dorothy santos oh let's Shout go ahead and play hang on Sloopy again for dorothy santos as a salute <laughs> wait what do you what are we playing hey, hang on Okay, Mason, just a couple more emails. We got another God, email got from so Maxine. Emails. This one's from Maxine. Okay. Hi, Maxine. Wanted to share about an um- upcoming event called Towards a Black Testimony, a performance co-organized by the Lab Minnesota Street Project and Slash. Okay. Okay. And this is going to be April 30th. It's going to take place at the lab at 8 p.m. on April 30th. Um, London-based artist duo Languid Hands and performance artist Gabrielle Christian join in a collaborative performance to expand interpretations of silence into movement and public space. Oh, I want to go this to collaboration will include music and movement, a film screening, and live reading, and continues Languid Hand's reflection on sound volume and blackness in the context of the display and consumption of contemporary black art. Everybody go to that. Looks like there's some great events coming up. I do want to say that that, I think, so, let's see. Well, maybe, I think you could make both of these events, listeners. In my mind, I was like, oh, April 30th, that's Genevieve Quick's night. Genevieve Quick, friend of the show, fantastic long, old, like long-term San Francisco artist, um, will be presenting a performance called Hello World, which is a radical sci-fi fantasy. Ooh, I bet it's going to be weird It's going to be fuck. fucking awesome of otherness Hell and yeah. communication told through a live performance and video game. She's been fucking building Ooh. her own music, her own instruments. She's, I mean, it's like full on. It's going to be amazing. Getting it's at freaky. McAvoy on Saturday, April oh, 30th sick. at 6 o'clock. So you could do the 6 o'clock. It's probably not going to be longer than an hour, the performance itself. And then you, you could, could run both. over to the lab. So get one of those e-bikes. Get an e-bike. Get a real bike. Use your goddamn bike. legs if you have them. You know, either way, you can you can do it. I don't know. By foot, May soon? You think they can make it by foot? I mean, you'd probably want to give yourself, I think, walking from McAvoy to the lab. I mean, you could get would there would probably take hour. about 45 minutes. It's all flat. It's all flat. You just walk down 3rd to 16th flat. and then go straight. No There's like one little hill at Petrero. Okay, Minnesota Street. Okay. If I'm walking it as the crow flies. No, you're you're not walking as the crow flies. You're walking down 3rd Street, That's not which a is direct flat. Route. That's not a direct route. 3rd Street to 16th. And then you walk. I'm not going all the way out to Third Street. I'm going up that hill. Okay, well that's why you're going up hills because you want to. You must admit that to yourself. It's going to be pandemonium. Going to Sixth Street. You're not going to Sixth Street. You're going to Sixteenth Street. Yeah, yeah. That's the same street as the lab. Although we did ride our bikes that whole way once, and it was quite fast. Remember? 
Yeah, except when that guy tried to kill us. When that guy tried to kill us because I flipped him off, I will tell myself over and over again not to flip people off. Yeah, well, he was already trying to kill us before you flipped him off. God. Okay, Maysoon, here's the deal. There was a soapbox derby over the weekend. Are we talking about that? I'm sure everyone listening has never heard about it. No one heard about it or saw it constantly on Instagram. And as you know, I was a participant, and I'm open for questions. Oh, okay, yes. We're talking about this part. Thank you, thank you, thank you for reminding me. (laughs) Kate and a friend of the show, Carrie Hot, work with this automaton named Joan 5000. (laughs) (laughs) What do you call it? What what is Joan? Can you tell me how how do I um, address Joan 5000? Can you help me? Joan 5000 is an AI that we're developing. An AI. So you're developing it. So Joan is not like like a friend of yours. Joan is a product of yours. She's our collaborator. Okay. So she's your collaborator. Okay. So Carrie Hot and Kate Rhodes collaborate with. Mm-hmm. And- I feel bad that not having Joan or Carrie here to answer the questions, but number one is we did about four hours of live theater the entire for the whole lead up to the race where we were explaining and like our autonomous vehicle joan 5000 and we kept seeing of course it's san francisco so like every other person is some dude who works at waymo or in some other tech thing and he's like really grilling us and i felt that we had every answer that we needed well, it was funny because we when also I, when I went there to one uh, one other thing we also I think we saw Tim Cook. Wait, Tim Cook from Apple? Yeah. Whoa! No way! Really? Way. Does he live in San Francisco? Yep. Not just Way Mason, but Waymo. Ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, Tim Cook was there. Great. So when I was there, when I came in early, like around eight thirty, to see all the cars pull in because I wasn't gonna be able to stay for the dirt for the race itself. And well, God bless you for that. It was really fun. It was that's like the best part. Like I don't the race is cool, but like seeing all the cars and like chatting with folks is actually more fun for me personally. Um, the cars were incredible. Joan was fucking awesome. And there was <laughs> Thank there you. was a moment when I was chatting with Joan and Carrie and and Kate and their assistant for the day, Anastasia. <laughs> uh-huh. And um there was a moment where like there was another uh autonomous vehicle across the way. And there was well, a, that was the whole time. That was the thing. So the event was sponsored by Cruise, yeah. who makes autonomous vehicles, and their that, car, their actual full-on autonomous car, and then a little, a little derby car that they car. made that was made to look like their autonomous right. car was right there. So, and at first I was like, "Oh fuck, somebody <laughs> else made an autonomous soapbox racer." But sure enough, their soapbox racer wasn't autonomous. And double sure enough, <laughs> that was actually the perfect synergy that we needed for our idea to really soar. It was amazing. They were like, I think Anastasia must have gotten some video or at least some secret audio recording of you having conversations with people about it. But yes. I, there was definitely a moment when like Kate pulled out, out of literally out of nowhere, it appeared a fucking like black curtain on a ring like a full-size human scale curtain yeah i sewed that curtain myself (laughs) and did you make that specifically for this moment you were like someone's gonna try to steal our technology we have to be ready for this Yeah, we had it because we knew we would have to hide our ip from prying eyes and industrial saboteurs yeah um 
And but it really worked out with that because every time the cruise people would look our way, we'd try to hide. I mean, our you shit. were definitely <laughs> throwing some like snake eyes at them. I I looked. Oh yeah, I was like, we oh man, up Kate's like really going off. There was a guy who came over and talked to us and was like really like glad handing like you know being like wow this is my first so I mean he was like twenty years old and he was like wow this is my so the first soapbox derby I've been to is it your first and we're like yeah and he's like wow it's such a wild day meow meow and he's like buttering us up buttering us up butter butter and he's like so what is your intention oh what why uh, what is this he was like and interviewing I- all of a sudden he was like getting all hard on you. <laughs> <laughs> and what I, is your intention, ladies? Yeah, and he was like, is it just to make art or is it blah, 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 blah? And I was like, on the one hand, I felt like I was in a, like, MFA crit <laughs> review. <laughs> and then on the other hand, I was like, oh, he's trying to gauge if we, like, what our commentary here is. Right. Like, oh, you know. And all I could do was laugh, and I'm so sorry to that man. Would you want to answer because that question now that you've had some time to think about it? What was our intention? Yes, sure. Whatever he asked you. I tell mean, me. he wanted to know: Are we making fun of self-driving cars? Right, or are you trying to actually that create a question. self-driving, an autonomous vehicle? Well, we did create a self-driving car, but out of the out of like your own kind of like, I can do this. I can make this. I'm going to make this. Yeah, not... Well, I mean, we do have v- a lot of VC money that we poured into that. A lot of what now? Venture capital. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I mean, we had a ton of angel investors. I mean, I, don't know I do why know Cruz... you You and Kate, you and uh, your Kate, you and Carrie were definitely taking some coding classes. You were taking a lot of math classes at one point. Carrie teaches coding classes. Right. So, I mean, you you do have some... You have the expertise in your... In your um, Oh, yeah, we definitely have the expertise to launch a self-driving car company. (laughs) That goes without saying. But I don't know why our nemesis, who just happened to be there, Mm -hmm. had to, you know, be feel so threatened by us. Can you talk a little bit about, yeah, just because you how cutting edge our technology was. Can you talk a little bit about the shape of the car, the shape of Joan? It's just kind of like a round kind of pod, kind of felt a little bit. Don't be mad. Both a little R two D two kind of. I kind of like to think of her as a sad meringue. Oh, a sad meringue. I feel a I kind of wistful sort of meringue. I didn't think I didn't think she was sad at all. I felt very like warm next. Well, to her. I mean, just the shape, not in her attitude. <clears throat> yeah, her attitude feels really like right. peppy and fun. Actually, mm, I wouldn't go there either. I don't think she would like that characterization. Well, that's how I felt about it. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, the whole narrative of of Joan 5000 at the Soapbox Derby was just being locked in Mortal Kombat with these cruise people who had two of their full-size self-driving cars there for display for their little ad campaign that they were doing. Okay, so tell us, um, now, when I've talked to you, you were hoping to win an award and yep. I believe you did win an award, actually, with, with Joan. That's right. Can you tell us a bit about We were going mm-hmm. for slowest. And I have to tell you, when we got down, we knew we had gone pretty slow because we had heard Pendarvis Harshaw, who was doing the, like, play-by-play announcements. Yeah. Uh, he was really making a big deal about how slow we were going. Oh, really? I felt very unsupported. Like, by him. like you were taking up too much time, slow, or like, <laughs> yeah, basically. What's wrong with this thing? It's too slow. And I, 
Look here, people. The racers were told that we had seven minutes to get down that course. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we didn't take the full seven. And I know that n- almost none of the other racers even came close to seven minutes. No, people were So way I fast. like to think that all those people that took about 40 seconds to get down, their extra minutes... I feel like we were at liberty to use those. And when you're going to put out, there was an award for slowest. So I think slowness should have been expected. Slowness should have been expected. And I believe you and guys won that award. That's correct. But Mason, I have to say one more thing about Pindar, Miss Harsha. Uh-oh, sounds like you have beef with him. Maybe we should bring him on the show. Well, Mason, remember we had we had a vendetta against him because he hosts Right Now-ish, which is what KQED would say is the number one arts and culture podcast Ooh. in the Bay Area. Well, KQED is not okay. too much. And we were like, well, he, it's on KQED, so they have to, right, say, that. Have to say that. But Mason... And then remember I declared an end to our to our um feud because I thought his show was good and I was like only peace and tranquility between us. We can still have a feud with KQED. Well the feud's back on. Good. Sorry, and now I'm gonna play Hang On Sloopy <laughs> to commemorate the feud. <laughs> Hang on Sloopy Sloopy Okay, do you wanna say anything else about Joan? I just want to say that Stella and Tomoko, who organized that from SF MoMA, um, did an incredible job. All the SF MoMA people, after all the bullshit that SF MoMA has put everyone through and like, you know, fuck SF MoMA, the fucking Bob Fisher and Neil Benazer and whoever else who fucking, you know, cut the film program and open space and all this shit. But the cool people there, like Stella and Tomoko and people in the education department, the events department, and all the prep staff and everyone who was, like, helping out that day. Except Bob Fisher. I did see you, Bob Fisher, you motherfucker. (laughs) I would like to say, like most organizations, it's always the staff who do the work. Yeah, not the, like, top-level people. (laughs) And who don't get a lot of recognition for it. So just remember, when you go to a museum and you see something you like, it wasn't the fucking executive director or the board members putting it, making it happen for them. Like, there was actually staff working really fucking hard and pouring their life's blood into all of that shit. Honest to God. So just make sure you really, like, you really need to listen to the staff when they have things to say. Hell yeah. So just shout out to them. They did an incredible job organizing. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, Eli Thorne. I wanted to shout out Eli Thorne, who has a new show of a, a show of new paintings on view at at all, at all in Chinatown through May 14th. The show is called Nature Piss, which I love and I'm very curious about. I went to the opening and I give it 10 out of 10 stars. 10 out of 10. I did not go to the opening, but I did see Eli on the next day and it was very oh, nice yeah? to see him. Oh, I love yeah. that. It was really sweet. Cute. Um, and then I also wanted to say, we talked about Genevieve Quick. I wanted to say there's another exhibition opening up at the Chinese Historical Society of America, which is in Chinatown in San Francisco. Um, that's called We Are Bruce Lee Under the Sky One Family. I'm a big fan of Bruce Lee for is very Bruce many Lee, reasons. Is it really about Bruce Lee stuff? It is about Bruce Lee. Whoa. It is. It's like historic photos. It's all sorts of paraphernalia. It's letters, videos, film. It's like full on. I think they've been working on it for a very for a long time. Um, and that actually opens this Saturday as well, April 23rd. But it should it'll probably be up for a number of months. Um, and I just you know, Bruce Lee's from San Francisco. I just he's just like an awesome 
an awesome person in so many ways. And I, I think it should be. I'm excited to see it. I don't go know. see everybody. Go see that Eli show and then Kathy Lou's show over oh, at yeah, the right. Chinese all, Cultural Center. Yeah, yeah. You're all in. It's all in one area. That's great. That's um, a whole afternoon. That's a whole afternoon. I'm super excited about that. Good, good planning, Kate. Good idea. And you're um, welcome. I also wanted to say coming up on April 21st, which is uh, April 21st. At uh, Wattis, there is an online conversation called Against Accumulation on Archives and Racial Capitalism with Yoon Sung Kim and Jarrett Martin Drake, both of whom I don't know, but they've both written books and they'll be discussing each other's books. And it says here, both of their respective works grapple with how archives and museums are rooted in racial capitalism and settler settler colonialism and reject reformist arguments for their continuance that sounds like a really interesting conversation to me um and it's free and online and you just have to register from their website that's at wadis on the 21st oh and then i also really wanted to give like a quick because it is april which is my birth month hell yeah and i wanted to give a quick shout out to all my fellow aries and just say happy birthday to you (laughs) do they really need a shout out Listen, and may you be as bossy as you want to be this yeah. season. They're bossing their shout out. They're getting enough shout outs. <laughs> no, come on. I can okay, shout out. Okay, fine. Shout out to Aries. And All speaking of Aries, I have a couple more shout outs. Speaking of Aries, our friend of the show, Dana Hemingway, is an Aries and it was recently her birthday. But I also want to especially yep. shout out the... Um, the and uh, Astria. And Astria, I especially wanted to shout out Dana's, um, what's the word? I don't know. How do you say this? What? <laughs> what's wrong with me? What the hell are you uh, talking about? I know. I'm just trying to, sh- I just want to shout out to Dana and her partner, Matt, on their new little baby. Oh, a Mare, baby. You forgot the word Mare baby. <laughs> Beatrix Blue Hemingway. Hemingway. Did you hear that name? There's amazing. new babies on the loose. New babies on the loose. And then I also wanted to give a big congrats to a very dear friend of Kate and I, Zoe Talapores, on her new position at the Berkeley Civic Arts Commission as one of their public art program managers. Cute. Also, Yay. happy birthday to Astria Superac. Happy birthday to Conrad Guevara. Yay. Also in Aries? Yes. Today, Love all them. have the same birthday, oh, all three of wow. them. April 14th was a busy, busy day. Yep. Apparently. Happy birthday to Jen also. Happy upcoming birthday to May soon. Uh, I'm such a nerd. I know. I know. I know. It's a special Aries thing. Okay. I don't know any of my cats' birthdays. It might be their birthday soon. No one's coming over. Okay, but listeners, I'm sad and lonely like a little creepy gremlin in the corner. So you better send us all your great questions, comments, and concerns. Send them over. Congratulations, Pine Tree. Sad and lonely like a creepy gremlin. Wow. I'm a little creepy (laughs) goblin stalking around in the night. (laughs) Do you get weird when Jimbo's gone? Yeah, but I'm really glad. I used to get more weird when I I didn't have the cats, but now that I have the cats, it's like a little bit better. How, like, what kind of stuff would you get into? Well, I have, uh... I don't know. Sometimes I'm not a nervous sounds weird, but sometimes I would let my wine, my wind, my mind go a little bit like bonkers. And then there was this one time where I did have someone like literally trying to break down the door when no one was home. Whoa. But me, and it was the middle of the night. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. Oh, that's scary. 
it was scary. I mean, we live in, you know, we live on a busy street. I wasn't like terrified, terrified, but I was just sort of like, what the fuck? It was just someone on drugs. Oh, okay. I'm usually not getting scared. I'm just getting weird. Yeah, I... I mostly just like when Jimbo isn't home, I stay up watching movies or yep. TV until like staying three in the morning. A hundred percent. I'm way staying up too way late. too late. It's almost like there's no reason to go to bed. They're not there. Like they're not there. I don't need to go to bed. It's kind of sad in bed without them. I don't know. It's sort of like that where I just stay up on the couch with the cats for hours. It's so funny. Yeah, that's the problem. And it's weird because <laughs> when I was single and I lived without a partner... I wasn't staying up that late every night no. like a little freako. No. no. Got to order some pizza to go. Maybe I'll make some popcorn. Just Ooh, like go completely popcorn. like bachelor style. Yeah, like, bachelor lifestyle. It's like, I don't know what real dinner is. It doesn't matter. I'll just have some chips or something. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, listeners, let us know what you're getting into. And we're going to be popping popcorn from the bridge. <laughs> To the other bridge. To the island in between. This has been Congratulations, Congratulations Pine, Pine Trees. Tree.